Radio. listening to the IRE Radio Podcast. IRE, with you on your beat for 40 years. I'm Sean Shinneman, and this week we're taking a look at a data-heavy investigation by the Tampa Bay Times. Earlier this year, reporters Alexandra Zayas and Camille Stanley found that Tampa cops were giving out more bike tickets than any other city in the state. But that's not all. Tampa police are so gung-ho about bike safety that they're ticketing more people than anyone else. And by the way, uh, almost all of them are black. That was Alex. For 10 years, she's been at the Times, penning powerhouse stories on Florida trauma centers and unlicensed religious children's homes. The latter was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize. Camille's been with the paper for six years. She was part of a team of reporters who analyzed and investigated the state's controversial Stand Your Ground law in 2012. For this project, the two analyzed more than 10,000 tickets, checked a year's worth of court cases, sent out hundreds of letters, and talked to dozens of sources. Here's Camille. Really key part of those were people who could connect us with uh, perhaps people who had uh, maybe even not gotten a ticket but had had this experience. So we got a real good uh, sense of flavor of how often this was happening. It's a great story, and even if your coverage area isn't handing out bike tickets like candy, this is one that can be replicated in communities across the country. So grab a notebook. Coming up, Alex and Camille walk us through how they made it happen. different beats, writing different stories in different areas of Tampa Bay. But Camille Stanley and Alexander Zayas kept hearing the same thing. Cops were stopping people on bikes at a crazy high rate, claiming probable cause and trying to get them for other crimes. The overwhelming majority of those targeted were black. As Camille told me, these sort of pretextual stops aren't really anything new. She'd heard plenty about them during her time as a cops reporter for the Times. But it was starting to become clear that there was perhaps something different about the degree to which these bike stops in particular were used in Tampa. During one of the first steps in the story, Alex and Camille took advantage of a state tally by the State Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles, which tracks the number of tickets each agency records for any given offense. As it turned out, Tampa police were riding more bike tickets than St. Petersburg, more bike tickets than Orlando, more bike tickets than Miami, and more bike tickets than Jacksonville. More bike tickets than all of them combined. Once Camille and Alex realized how often police issued bike tickets, they turned their attention toward exploring what they'd heard about racial disparities. They caught a break in reaching for county-level data from the local clerk's office. The database they got their hands on broke down every Tampa police-issued bike ticket for 12 years with columns for offender name, date of birth, address, and race. Here's Alex. We we, we lucked out. This was a free database that they had already prepared for able to get our hands on that. All we had to do was download it onto Excel. It had about 10,000 or so or 12,000 entries going back a dozen years. So, I mean, we really lucked out with getting that database, but it was simply the beginning because we even... 
as far as records and data went, we still had to do a lot of work um, tracing people through the court system, uh, pulling different court records just to kind of get our hands on the, the consequences of, of these tickets. When Camille and Alex ran the numbers, they found that even though African Americans make up about 25% of Tampa's population, they receive 79% of the bike tickets. The more questions they asked of the data, the more interesting the story got. Camille and Alex had some data experience themselves, and for the initial analysis, they were using Excel to get what they needed. But to address the gaps in the story, to flesh things out, they brought in help. So we really couldn't say at the beginning that these stops were occurring in uh, predominantly black neighborhoods. To do that, we actually had to pull paper tickets and manually enter all of that ourselves and then have um, some data, data experts at our paper map that for us. So um, towards the end of this, we actually had put together a map of all the locations and our, and our data specialists as well were layering on top of that some de- demographic information from census, census tracts. So we were crash able to... data. Yeah, cra- we, we, then we layered on top of that crash data. So we, so we had a lot of uh, help in kind of mapping this out. The map was, was um, kind of got us that next level with the story. Y'all, y'all missing with a person about a bicycle instead of something else going on. A bicycle. You know, that don't make no sense. Alfonso Lee King, whose voice you just heard, is one of the many to get stopped by Tampa police. Officers confiscated his bike, quote, due to the fact the bicycle is worth over $500 and because King couldn't prove it was his. He told the Times he'd found the bike frame in a dumpster and had assembled it from parts. Camille and Alex took several approaches to finding people like King. For starters, they did some top-down reporting, targeting names and the numbers. Sometimes we would go out with a specific plan. This is Camille. Like, okay, today we're going to try to find, um, you know, these top ten people who we saw in the database. Another way they did it was to just hit the streets and start talking to people. No real plan in mind. The problem was pervasive enough that this proved to be a successful strategy. Camille and Alex sought out folks who were well-connected in their communities, and those contacts led to sources who had stories to tell about being stopped by police. We talked to a lot more people, obviously, that were in the story, and and a a really key part of those were people who could connect us with uh, perhaps people who had uh, maybe even not gotten a ticket but had had this experience. So we got a real good uh, sense of flavor of how often this was happening, we also did something that people are kind of skeptical of me, but I, I do this for, in a, a lot of the stories that I do is a mass mailing. Um, we isolated a universe of, of about 300 people um, who paid their tickets in recent years, and we pretty much like robo-mailed them, hey, we're working on this story, we'd like to learn more about your bike ticket. And it took maybe a couple of days of intense kind of putting stuff together and mailing it out, but it yielded a, a wave of uh, a couple dozen people calling us right away and talking to us. So um, I've, I've always had success with mass mailing people. Alex says people tend to be skeptical of this approach because it can be expensive and time-consuming. For reference, 300 letters at the current cost of $0.49 cents per stamp equals $147. Not awful, but I don't know, not insignificant, especially today. Anyway, it's an approach Alex has used before, and in this case, it helped continue to build a consistent base of answers. 
The more they heard people say the same things over and over, the more confident they were with their reporting. One final thing they did was to go through and check an entire year's worth of bike tickets to see if adults who'd been given tickets had also been arrested for other crimes on the same day. Then we looked at their court cases, and some of them had had their their cases dismissed um, on motions to suppress evidence. Well, those motions were extremely colorful, and that's where we got a lot of our really good anecdotes about um, kind of uh, shady searches. Uh, so we, we found some people through these court documents as well. I don't think you guys ever put in a that sometimes kind of classic investigation line that's like, oh, the Tampa Bay Times talked to X amount of people. I mean, do you have do you have an estimate of how many people you probably talked to for this? I, I guess we didn't put that line in. I mean, we talked to dozens. We've talked to maybe a hundred people. We just talked to a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we talked to a lot yeah, of people. And it, it was funny because I think early on we maybe thought that we would um, we would be kind of having those. Um, those types of lines in our stories, but the final product, it didn't really feel like it needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of like you, you get to a comfort level when you know, like, I've, I've heard this so many times. Camille and Alex experimented with several leads, tried several anecdotal approaches, but in the end, took a pretty straightforward route into the story. Tampa police are so gung-ho about bike safety that they're ticketing more people than anyone else. And by the way, um, almost all of them are black. The people they did choose to include in the story after talking to dozens were selected to serve the findings. We knew the bullet points that we wanted to make, um, and, and so in knowing those, bullet, knowing those points we wanted to make, that allowed us to break the story into sections, which we then each tried to tackle a section. Okay, you take the section on how cops are using this as a crime-fighting strategy, and I'll take the section on... Uh, how this is a this is wasteful and and we'll do the community consequences section Together, and, yeah yeah and so really anybody's story that we used uh, was supposed to serve the findings. The story came out in mid-April. Larry Wilmore, who hosts the nightly show on Comedy Central, Actually, had some fun with it. Start the show with a new segment. Uh, black people can't do nothing. Black people can't do nothing. Okay, today's thing black people can't do: ride bicycles. According to the Tampa Bay Times, in the past three years, Tampa in Tampa, civil rights groups almost immediately started speaking out. A couple days later, City Hall asked for a federal review of Tampa's bike ticketing procedures. That review started in late May, but might take a couple of months to reach completion, Camille reported. Jane Castor was Tampa's police chief when Alex and Camille were doing their reporting, but when the story came out, she'd been on her way out. She retired in early May. Her replacement is Eric Ward, Tampa's second-ever black police chief. On Ward's first day in office, Friday, May 8th, the Tampa Bay Times published an editorial voicing disappointment at his stance on the bike tickets, writing that he'd, quote, declined to disavow this practice at a ceremony last week. His top priority should be drawing a clear line separating strong enforcement from harassment and racial profiling, the Times wrote. That would go a long way toward improving relations between the police and minority residents, and in the long run, it would help reduce crime in the most troubled communities.
Thanks for listening. You can find past episodes on our website, ire.org slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher to stay up to date with the latest episodes. We'll have links to the investigation and follow-up stories in our show notes. And if you're interested in taking an even deeper look at how Alex and Camille pieced together this story, keep an eye out for the next issue of the IRE Journal. They'll be writing about this investigation and offering tips on reporting on racial disparities. That should be hitting the mailboxes of IRE members this fall. And if you just can't get enough audio, be sure to visit the IRE website. We've added full-length recordings from more than 100 IRE conference panels, and if you're a member, it is all available for download. As always, if you have any questions or comments about the podcast, IRE, or anything else, shoot us an email. IRE web editor Sarah Hutchins edits the podcast and can be reached at web at IRE.org. Or you can reach me at Sean S., that's S-H-A-W-N-S, at IRE.org. That's it for this episode. From Columbia, Missouri, I'm Sean Shinneman. Radio. Podcast. Podcast.